0: All right. Hello, everyone. This is episode 28 of the American Nightmare podcast. music, <laughs> And we are
1: uh, recording on 2020.
2: Just
0: sneaking this one in. Yeah, I know. It's uh, yeah. Shit goes on. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Although we, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's good that we're carrying on this podcast because it appears as that we can't carry on uh, the votes for, for, for this year. So, you know, <laughs> anyway,
0: <laughs> Actually, I-, I did post today up on our, uh, up on our Facebook. Um, we have some very popular podcast, uh, episodes apparently. Um, what? We have uh, quite a few that have quite a few listens. If you look, yeah, uh, I saw what number one was, and I'm still shocked. Yeah, at that all the devils are here. 224 <laughs> listens. 224 <laughs> listens.
2: You know, it's the guy who wrote the movie who's trying to like show like you know people to invest in his next venture that like his his movies being talked about online. He's like, look, look, look,
1: we're being yeah. talked about but when they. Well, listen, you know, what? it yeah. might be like like how cheesy we say that people are just probably interested. In that. Yeah, that could I, be. I don't know.
2: I don't. And, and and that one guy, the, the, the black dude, and it was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah. He had some good one-liners. Nice. Hey, also on the website today, how about that picture of the deer that I posted from the place we stayed at? I yeah, swear to God, I was going to start talking to Asian Sumerian.
0: <laughs> Who put the googly
2: eyes on it? Are they like... Dude, stick- they were- yeah, whoever owns the place. Like it was an Airbnb and we rented the place. And like I looked at it, I was like, Holy shit, look at that thing. Yeah, <laughs> it that's looks crazy. Like the
0: daggone deer from Evil Dead. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So of our top top ten episodes, we got all the devils are here. 224 listens. The babysitter of all.
2: Well, wow, that was a that was a good
0: one. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Yeah, that was a uh, our very well, first our- episode just getting started is 173 episodes. Chances are people jump in. They listen to that first episode, and they probably go, "What? This is garbage!" and they, and they stop listening. <laughs> uh,
2: but they listen to those other two a little <laughs> bit more. So, yeah.
0: uh, Pet Cemetery, one hundred fifty-five. Midsummer, new one, yeah. Midsummer, uh, one hundred and thirty listens. The loved one, which was a great movie, one hundred twenty-five oh, listens. Really good. And then it drops significantly with us at eighty-one, Terrifier at eighty, and Hereditary at seventy-six. Mm. We wow. average about, uh, just looking at the charts yester, uh, this morning, we average about uh, 85 downloads a week. Hmm. That's so, not bad. Yeah,
2: it's not bad at considering all. I expected us to have like, you know, a dozen.
0: Yeah, and considering that we're really just screwing around, we're really not. It's not like we put yeah. professional effort into this podcast, as you can no. tell by the audio quality of some of the more recent episodes. <laughs> hey, and the hey, fact you know, that we lost one of the best episodes ever. Uh, well, it,
2: it probably would have been nominated for whatever it is that they nominate podcasts for.
0: Uh, what's that? Yeah. The, the Webby?
2: Yeah. Many people are saying that it was one of the best podcasts ever.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, it got destroyed. Yeah. The deep state. The deep state destroyed it. They did not want it to be heard, and therefore right. they had to intervene and shut it down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what they do. That's what they do. Exactly. All right. Let's get started with horror news. Let me just say that you know coronavirus has deeply tainted yes. the future of horror. In fact, yes. a, a majority of the news that I'm going to read through today is all be- negative because of COVID-19.
1: So, did you see the one article real quick? I will interject about like the highest-grossing streaming now. That's that's what does it made like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars or something like that. Like mm-hmm. no, I didn't see that. So that's what it's, what it's down to now. It's like, you're streaming horror, and, and that's, they're pushing it out that way, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I, I did read an article recently about some movie theaters coming to agreements with picture companies because they want to get a cut of the films. They want to be in the theaters, but not all theaters are open. And if you just went by the number of theaters that are open, movies wouldn't make any money. So they have no. to... Do streaming of some sort, because there are intelligent people out there that are not dumb enough to go to a rally in Oklahoma and then kill ourselves and a bunch of other people with our Uh, poor Herman Cain, R.I.P. Listen here, I put (laughs) fuck all those Republicans. I looked at those pictures on his Twitter feed of him like meeting all these people there. I hope he got them all fucking sick, and I hope they all die. (laughs) I'm sorry, am I being too honest? (laughs)
2: No, no. No, hey, this is a hard podcast.
0: I apologize to any conservative uh, listeners. Listen, I'm, I'm fiscally conservative. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I just fucking hate everybody.
2: You also, you also believe in science.
0: Uh, science. I, my life is guided and dicti- dictated uh, by the consortium of brains out there that are smarter than me uh, that, that do actual scientific research and experiments and use real results to make decisions. All right, now off my soapbox. <laughs> uh, the first new story today, Netflix adaptation of The Sandman has been delayed to 2020. Uh, it's sad, it's sad, it's sad. Sandman was a great uh, comic book series, a great uh, book based on uh, Dark Horse comics, right? Um, is that off of Spider-Man or no? No, this is DC Dark Horse. So it's uh, it came out in okay. like 1989 or so, was the, right. the Neil Gaiman uh, uh was directing this adaptation of the of the 1989 mm. book uh and they announced last year i think we talked about it on an episode early last year about uh neil gaiman is working to to adapt this and direct it for netflix netflix signed some sort of deal with him it was going to be like a uh, it's a movie but it's going to be in a series like a, a short series kind of like hbo does with their uh like series of stories um that form like, like the a, outsider yeah like the outsider yeah um so this is going to be, ele- it, was good, it was supposed to be 11 episodes when they announced it, and it was supposed to be uh, starting in May, and they delayed it, and they delayed it further, and now they said, all right, screw it, somewhere in 2021 we'll do it, which is sad. Yep. Um, the Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, trailer that's great. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, there's a trailer? Yep, there's a teaser wow. trailer. Oh. I'll have to check that out. However, they did announce that it will now be pushed back until June fourth, twenty twenty one. Put out that statement. Uh, I guess that was three days ago. Uh, they said their goals in this process is to ensure that the highest odds of success with our films, while also being ready to support our theater partners with this new content as soon as they could safely reopen. Therefore, we are pushing the date back to June fourth, twenty twenty one. That's an official. You know if it's an is it another Warren
1: case or. Uh, That I don't know.
0: I believe it is. I believe it is. I I thought for some reason this was based on... uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but the the, the Amityville was what was rumored to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think that might be incorrect. Uh, I I really didn't look too deeply into it. There's only one teaser trailer that was out there, and I was kind of just... Regardless of what the story is, the Conjuring series has been pretty phenomenal, so I was going to watch it regardless. Um... Robert Kirkman, who announced, I think we talked about this again last year, Walking Dead movie that was going to be based on uh, the life of Rick Yeah um, has also been pushed back to next year Uh, Robert Kirkman says, look uh, they had a virtual Comic Con panel he basically said, look um, there's tons of stuff going on behind the scenes and we don't want anyone to think that we're just kind of waiting around for the pandemic to end We are doing a little bit of editing. We're making the movie as much better as we can. We're letting it cook to perfection was his exact statement. Um, And a quote from him, he said, I would say, if anything, the pandemic is going to make a lot of movies better. I think that the Rick Grimes movie chief among them, just because we're getting a lot more time to cook this thing and make sure it's done to perfection.
2: That's good. That uh, that, That does sound logical.
0: Yeah, so they're taking their time with the idea that, look, even if we put it out in theaters, hardly any theaters are open. We're not going to make any money, so mm-hmm. let's just hold out on it. Let's, let's do a lot of the back work, back story, you know, kind of any tuning and refining, making things better so it'll be perfect when it's time to release. Uh, along the line of uh, one of our favorite movie series of all time, Evil Dead, there is a fan-based documentary called Hail to the Deadites. Oh it is going nice. to premiere virtually at Fantasia International Film Festival in August. Be available online. Premiere at that film fan uh film um international film festival uh and may go direct to video after that. Sweet.
2: Uh, go, go check that out.
0: It's a documentary that has been in the works for several years. Uh there was some news about it last year in the fact that the director and uh um Um, writer of the documentary, said they are not going to use any clips at all from the source material. Simply fan clips. Hmm. Um, It's going to be interviews with the cast, interviews with the crew, collections, uh, people that collect toys and and parts and pieces and films and memorabilia from the film. There's going to be all the kind of people that are really into this uh, franchise, so you kind of get to see the the weirdos that are into this stuff like us. I was just
2: say, do they have, is there, is there a name
0: for the people who are into Evil Dead? Like, are they, De- are they Deadites? Is that what we're I, I think that's what they're going by, Hail to the Deadites. Yeah. So I think it, they're calling the fans Deadites. So they're talking about the fact that, you know, this documentary is going to cover all four films that were created, right? You got the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, the reboot of Evil Dead, right? Four films. You got well, the TV include, series. My name is Bruce. Yep. You got the TV nice. series. You got the comic books. Uh, the figure video games video games uh, and you have some of the toys made by Todd McFarlane uh, for evil dead. So you've got yourself quite a collection of
1: stuff. Yeah, I'll check it there. out. It's about I a, I still own a copy of the VHS to evil dead Two. Nice. Carmen, nice. Carmen came upstairs from the She has no idea. She's like, there's movies in a box down there. She's like, let's just throw them out. I'm like, no. I'm not, <laughs> no, I can't don't. do that. <laughs> I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> Uh, You have no idea. It's an 80-minute
0: documentary. My personal effects. Yeah. This is an 80-minute documentary. So it's going to also have, you know, interviews of Bruce Campbell, Ted Raimi, Betsy Baker, Teresa Tilly, Ellen Sideways, Richard Mandelier, Tom Sullivan, Dan Hicks, a lot of the people that were part of the building of that movie, and including Bill Mosley making his comments on such a great uh, piece of work. So I'm excited to see that. I really hope. I know that I looked it up. the, The Fantasia Film Festival is August 20th. Uh, so I'm hoping shortly after that it should come out on direct uh, to video uh, streaming, which would be awesome. I can't wait to see it.
2: Like maybe September.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping. Like maybe it'd be nice. If it'd be like early September or late September, just in time for Halloween. Would be kind of yeah, thing. yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, promo art has been released for Godzilla versus uh, King Kong. Nice. Uh, that movie is on its way out, and my understanding is that it has been filmed. It's in post production. Uh, but they believe that the, uh, the movie is, has been pushed back 10 months from now as it's expected release, but they already started the marketing blitz for this. Sweet. Uh, by the way, that promotion, uh, I have a link. Uh, I'm going to put a link to that into the podcast here, also up on our website. Uh, the, the poster looks just freaking amazing. Really looks nice. Mm. I'm excited for it. I love Godzilla. Throw some King Kong in there, and you got a perfect movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, King of Monsters was was really good, and, and I thought Skull Island was really good. Skull Island so, was is
0: fantastic, yeah. And I think the two together, although in reality you look at the size of King Kong in the classic movies and the size of Godzilla in the classic movies, Godzilla towers over King
1: Kong, but in this yeah, universe sure. they
0: will be uh, about the same size. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, that wasn't much of a fight if it's Godzilla against yeah. Yeah. Much bigger, but Okay.
0: Um, we talked uh, about three or four months ago about Scream Factory having another one of their awesome releases of horror films on Blu-ray. Scream Factory is fantastic. They've been releasing so many great collector's items on Blu-ray. I love it. We talked a few months back about Event Horizon uh, Director's Edition on Blu-ray. It is now pushed back to 2021. Because of the COVID? Yes. They're having problems uh, with their production facility because of uh, lack of staff, obviously, from you know, COVID nineteen. So they have delayed the release of this until mid January twenty twenty one. Damn. I do have it on pre order at shotfactory dot com. Sweet. Because Event Horizon is fucking amazing and this director's cut apparently has a whole bunch of stuff that Oh, uh, was nice! Not, uh, in the original theatrical release.
2: Yeah, they left a lot of stuff on the editing room floor, apparently, for that movie.
0: Yeah, I mean that's all that's all I've heard about. Yeah, they talk about that a lot, and I can't wait to see it. Like I, I'm, I'm dying I'm for this Blu-ray.
2: I'm kind of scared to see it. Like that movie creeped me out. Like the that stuff movie. that got edited out. I know that that the video, the found video footage of what happened to the previous crew, or you know, like that. that, that uh, I'm kind of worried. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. Quickly, uh, a, a story that I read on Joblo.com, uh horror movies. Uh, there was an interview with Francis Lawrence and Keanu Reeves. And Keanu Reeves said he would love to play Constantine in Constantine 2. Now, unfortunately, awesome. yeah, unfortunately <laughs> he wants to play the part. He loved playing the part. It was an awesome movie. Uh, the comic book was great. The adaptation wasn't so great, but I still liked the movie. I thought um, it was good. Yeah. I mean, in terms of sticking to the comic book, yeah, but it was good. It was good. Uh, yep. They never made a part two. It was planned. It never happened. But Keanu Reeves says he's completely open to playing it again. He loved playing that character. We'd love to play it again. However, we do know from a few episodes ago, we did mention that a reboot was being planned uh, and was going to go through, I believe, Netflix. Um, mm. So I don't know where that reboot stands, but if they don't do a reboot of the series with a new actor, Please bring us the Keanu Reeves Constantine Part Two, would be fantastic.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I I mean I didn't know the comic book when I watched the movie, so I had no no expectations. Um, so I I liked the movie, you know, because I again I didn't know anything about the comic book.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, the the story, the comic book stories, is great. Same thing with like, it's it's funny how how much modern pop culture media. Is based on comic books nowadays. Like the number of Netflix shows, all that crap, right? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Quiet Place Part 2 has been pushed back yet again to April 23rd, 2021. Thank you, COVID 19. You're the best. Um, yeah, the first movie, it was originally scheduled for release in March. That got pushed, and now it's pushed again. <coughs> Hallelujah. Uh, the movie Antlers, which is being produced by Guillermo del Toro, has been pushed back to February 19th. It was expected to be this month, uh, and now has been pu- pushed back. They're expecting sometime in early February uh, 2021. The target date is the 19th. However, that has not been anchored in stone as of yet, unfortunately. Uh. Um, it looks like a great... Uh, here, here's just a summary of the movie. In the movie Antlers, a small-town Oregon teacher and her brother, the local sheriff, becomes entwined in a young student, harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences. All right, uh, some good news. Lovecraft Country, new trailer, and it will be premiering August 16th on HBO Max at 9 p.m. They saw the TV. trailer
1: for it. Yeah, it looks Lovely.
0: good. looks freaking amazing. I can't wait to see it.
2: Yeah, I didn't see anything
0: about that. I'll have to check that out. We, I think we talked about it on one of the previous episodes, all these uh, great, uh, really, it's, uh, uh, what's his name is, is producing it? Um, uh, Peel. Jo- oh, Jordan. yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah, okay, I
0: remember now. Uh, yeah, so it looks pretty freaking amazing. So I'm excited for that. I wonder how they're going to, what what the storyline is going to be and all that stuff, but. Um, it looks really good. It looks scary. Some of the, the trailer had some pretty scary scenes in
1: it. Yeah. Yep.
0: Um, a trailer has been released as a teaser for the new Marvel Hellstrom series on Hulu. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I
2: think you did you post that on the, that the web? On the
0: uh, Facebook. Yep.
2: That looks pretty good.
0: Yeah. Hellstrom, a great comic series uh, from Marvel. Uh, and Marvel, of course, has a whole lot of. TV series and small movies that they're going to be producing for Hulu and for Disney Plus. This is one that is a rated R content, therefore it's on Hulu, and nice. it's going to be just a once and done miniseries. Uh, it will premiere October 16th, uh, and it's going to be just one miniseries. There will be no additional series. This is something that actually they started working on before the Disney uh, acquisition of, of Fox. Uh, but it's going to be on Hulu. It'll be fun. I'm excited. And then one last story uh, from me, and that is um, Netflix tomorrow releases season two of the Umbrella Academy. Yep. I saw the
2: trailer. It looks pretty. I haven't watched the first season yet. Oh, you have to. It's, it's really dude, good. First season. So it's
0: good. really
1: good, dude.
0: I'm going to say this Dark Horse Comics, again, a great. Uh, series about what is it? Four books now. They released four books. So season one was loosely based on book number one. Season two is even more loosely based on book number two. Unfortunately, they changed up the st- from what I've read. They changed up the story a lot. The thing is, after season one, my sister was so addicted to it that I I actually talked her into going out and buying the comic, uh, the, you know the graphic novel, the four
1: uh, books. And too then, long in between seasons, though. Still, it's like you, you totally forget what happened. Yeah, I mean, I sort of, I, I sort of have an idea what happened.
0: Right, but well, that's the thing: is uh, yesterday uh, Monday, my daughter and I started rewatching season one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> we'll probably watch the last episode again just to catch up. I'm sure they'll do a recap too. Yeah, because but...
0: I couldn't remember. I like I remember the, the you know the peak of the end, of the last episode, but like I yep. couldn't remember you know. Really yeah discovered about it, who killed Hag- Hargraves. And I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, I don't remember how they wrapped that up in the in the in the show.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Am I, because of being a fan of the comic book back in the day, like, you know they just, actually they just released the, the the fourth book, I believe not too long ago, uh, which I didn't even read the fourth one yet. I just read the first three. but um, me. the the thing about that is like uh, it, they stray so far from the comic book, you know, from the graphic novel. That, like, uh-huh. I don't remember what goes on, but it's still they did a great job, they really adapted it. Very oh, yeah, the, character, the
1: characters are like awesome, That's absolutely
0: what I, awesome, yeah. You and the <laughs> thing is, they do such good character development in that show, you really feel yeah. for the characters like you have
1: an emotional oh, yeah, hook, absolutely, right? yeah. Well, I think they almost did that, Sal. Is each episode was like revolved around one of the characters, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they sort of did backstory on, on each of the characters, yeah, and
0: they really kind of got you feeling for each of the characters, yep. especially you Know the main character Vanya at the end, you yep. really felt like her fucking pain, yep. yeah. But that was a great show. And I, and anyone who hasn't watched it, I know it's not necessarily horror, I mean, it's horrific, there's a lot of blood and shit in it, but it's definitely worth watching. Uh, whether you're in the comic books or not, uh, Umbrella Academy is really good. It's written uh, by Gerard Way, uh, the singer of My Chemical Romance. He wrote the graphic novel, and it was mm. illustrated by Gabriel Baugh, who is a great I didn't know that. artist. Um, so written by, written by, uh, uh, an emo, uh, punk rock singer, and then illustrated by one of the best, uh, uh, illustrators that has worked in and out of dark horse comics for years. Just fantastic. Fantastic series. All right. Let's move on to,
2: I got, I got one or two book, things and yep, it's go cool for it. Yeah. Uh, they will be real quick. Um, so uh, I hadn't really given a whole lot of thought to HBO Max um, over the, since it's been released, but I saw that they got a, uh, a animated series called Gremlin Secrets of the Mugwai coming out. Yep, and it's a prequel to uh, to the 1984 film. Awesome. Uh, it looks pretty good. It's uh, supposedly where that the old Chinese guy who um, who sells uh, Gizmo to uh, you know to, to the dad in the in the movie. Yeah, where he comes across Gizmo. Oh. Uh, it's going to be a uh, 10, 10 uh, episode series on, uh, HBO max. I don't know if they've released a date yet for when that's going to come out, but, uh, it got me kind of intrigued. And uh, again, I haven't given a whole lot of thought to HBO max until I saw this. I was like, Oh man, that, that, that'd be something I think I'd like to watch.
0: Yeah. Uh, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't
2: know if, I don't remember if, if you posted it on our page, but I remember seeing the trailer uh, just this week of Kilroy was here. Yes, that Kevin Smith's uh, yeah. the new horror yeah. movie horror that's coming out uh, with Jay, with Jason Mewes and Chris Jericho of uh, WWE fame. Yep. Uh, the trailer looks great. I mean, it looks creepy and weird, and you know kind of it kind of gives me like a rob zombie kind of vibe you know like uh something that a zombie would make like a well he 70- did that
1: uh, movie tusk have you seen that one chris yeah no. yeah yeah but, <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> so i'm looking forward to this too it looked really creepy uh you know and and kevin smith doing doing horror like worked out pretty good the first time so yeah. um was that on ours did you post that i don't, I think, can't we, I don't how think i, we, I don't how think i saw we, it. i saw it somewhere Anyway, that's my number two. One more thing, um, I saw uh, this week too that uh, Ryan Murphy is putting out on Netflix a series called Ratchet. It's about the the mean ass nurse from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh man! Uh, and, it's, and it's starring Sarah Paulson as Nurse Ratchet, uh, oh, and it's wow. got a great, great cast like Sharon Stone and um, Cindy uh, C- Cynthia Nixon, and uh, it looks. They, they, there's no trailer yet, but they've released like screenshots or from from you know from the the, the
1: shooting. Is that um, the guy that does American Horror Story,
2: right? Yeah, American Horror Story, Scream Queens, Nip Tuck, Glee, like you know. So it, it actually looks kind of the looks of of this scenery kind of reminds me of um, uh, Asylum from okay. from American Horror Story. So and I you know that 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 woman was kind of you know she was vicious in that movie. So so what's so the, go ahead sorry
0: what's the story is it like it's a
2: it's a prequel kind of it's oh. it's her her becoming who she was like she she volunteered, I forget what what the the premise it was like she responds to an advertisement about a nurse for an experimental um mental health facility yeah and she goes in there kind of not you know in, in the back of her mind she harbors kind of some kind of, you know, psychoses, but it's not prominent when she first shows up. And then as the, as the show goes on, I think it builds and she becomes, you know, the wo- the woman that you'd know from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, I think it's supposed to be released in September on, on Netflix. And it looks pretty good. Again, no, no trailer yet. Just, uh, you know, screenshots. Nice. Very so those are my, uh, my three things, uh, horror related news.
1: Awesome. All right. Uh, Craig, uh, Craig, anything from you? You're good? No, nope, I was going to mention the Umbrella Academy as well. Okay.
0: All right, let's move on to next. Next, we typically do the top five, but we're doing something very special this time. <laughs> we're doing a top ten of 1980s horror movies. And the reason for this... is difficult. <laughs> there are so many movies. I'll say this much. In my research, number one, I watched... Um, the um, Chasing Darkness.
2: Oh, great movie! I watched. I finally, I finished that. Finally,
0: four-hour-long documentary. They uh, do every year. It's crazy. Yeah, every year of the 1980s. If you're an 80s horror movie fan, like all of us are, you will really enjoy this documentary. It's about four hours long. I don't know if it's still available. There are some places that have it as streaming that you can buy it, but there's nowhere where streaming as part of a bundled service. So you're not going to get it on Netflix or Amazon or anything like that at this time. This was a Kickstarter, um, initially a Kickstarter uh, GoFundMe type thing, um, and it worked out really well because I think all the interviews they did are pretty awesome. Um, They went through every year and the top movies of those years uh, and discussed them with filmmakers, with some of the very famous classic horror movie directors, Actors actresses. actors, actresses, some of the best people in the film industry in terms of special effects and practical effects. Um, just a, a fantastic, long overview of kind of the best of the best of the 1980s horror. It's, it's really good. And as part of that, you kind of understand that the 1980s was the golden age of horror movies. Yeah. It was the time when VHS just became a thing. And the ability to quickly, rapidly film, produce, edit, and distribute your own horror movies on a small scale was so easy to do and so lucrative because there were so many movie rental shops, mom-pop shops, big chains uh, like um, uh, Blockbuster and 24 Hours Video and things like that, right? You got these big chains, you got these little mom-pop shops, and VHS was everywhere. It was people that, like myself, I grew up in poverty. We found our way to a VHS uh, video player uh, that we got from a friend. It fell off the back of a truck. Hint, hint. Uh, but that was our way of entertainment. I couldn't afford to go to the movies yeah. as a kid. So we can go to the, this place called the Red Caboose and rent ourselves a video for $1.99 a night. Um, and we used to. I, I remember with my friends during the summer, we would go and rent five, six movies at a time. They oh, yeah. actually they actually had to put a limit on how many you could rent because we were <laughs> renting so many.
2: Uh, those were the good old days, and they had to like do really good like cover art because the only way that you would like right. actually even pick a pick up pick up something was the art that drew, drew you in. Because otherwise, there, there was no word, there was no internet. You know, you couldn't right. find out. Like, if a movie was good from, like, looking up reviews, so yeah, the cover
0: art like, would drew you in. Right, and like I said, the, the, this was a time when these movies were never, some of these movies were never in the theaters, right? When In the peak of 1980s horror releases, these are there were tons of movies that just never were in the theaters. They were simply out on VHS, direct-to-video, because that was the way to make the most money on these cheap B-movies, on movies that even turned out, they may, may have been cheap to film, but they turned out to be this spectacular hit, amongst those horror fanatics. And there's so many that this is why we have this podcast. We love horror movies. And people who grew up in the 80s love horror movie conventions. And that's why those horror conventions are everywhere. Because if you grew up in the 80s and you had that influx of horror movies and you fell in love with horror movies, that that was the market. That was the place where people made money and people that loved horror films got to enjoy them. So this was a very difficult selection. We decided we'll do 10 of our favorite 1980s horror movies with no honorable mentions which is very there. difficult it's very yep. difficult
1: yeah, and, even and putting i don't want to pencil this in in stone either because I, I mean i probably needed a solid week just
2: to well and even putting them in like an order from one to ten I then know. like i like you yes. know I, I some of them are like I, I i like them all and i was trying to think of why i would put one above the other yeah. and yep, uh, i know I know. What and I there are a bunch that did make the list.
0: Yeah, what I tried to do is I tried to put myself into my 1980s teenager state right, yeah. of mind. That's right. what I did. Mm-hmm. And try and think about, you know, what are the ones that scared me the most or made the biggest impression on my mind Where when yep, I think yeah, about, yep. you know, I think about being seven, or eight or nine years old and renting a VHS with my friends and watching it and being terrified. You know, we would watch them in the middle of the day just so that we had time to forget about some of it before it was right, time. Right, right. Uh, so I put, I put them in order by, you know, the state of mind of the 1980s, how I felt watching these movies, which ones scared me the most, which ones thrilled me the most, and which ones made the biggest impression on me.
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I ended up doing, too. And again, there's a lot of a lot of honorable mentions that we decided we can't do just because we're doing 10 this time. So, you know, it, there, there's just way too many <laughs>
0: it's like Sophie's choice, but you just have to do it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah almost exactly like Sophie's choice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this month we are going with Craig first, Chris second, and I'm last.
1: All right. Here we go. Uh, my number 10, I went with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre number two.
2: Oh, nice. Nice one.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, that's crazier it, than the first one. That's why. That's what I liked about it. This is the character, Chop Top. Chop and, Top was the best. Come on, man.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, I know. Will Hunt. Yep, exactly. Introduction to Bill Mosley. Yeah. So, again, it was just, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, dude, this is like just crazy nuts. You know. I yeah. So that's why I made my list. Um, number nine, I went with They Live.
2: Ah, oh, good one, Robbie good, Piper. Good one. Very good. It's on my honorable mention list. Is it?
1: <laughs> that doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's exist. a good way to sneak it in, too, right? <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. And that just that just beat out Gremlins on my list. So, uh, which one's on my honorable mentions? Uh, number eight, I went with April Fool's Day. Ooh, probably nice some, one. Probably something nobody has on their list. <laughs> No, I don't actually. But it was a good movie. And again,
2: this is this is a lot of movies to go through.
1: That's one that was on HBO and I I just I watched it every time it was on because it was just I don't know, I thought it was a cool movie. No, that was yeah. definitely a
0: classic
1: horror. Yeah, movie. it is good. Yep. Yeah. The ending was like no other horror movies as I thought oh, that was yeah. pretty cool. Uh number 7, The American Werewolf in London. Nice. Nice. Good one. Yep.
2: The uh, practical effects in that one. Yeah. Good
1: stuff. Yep. I wasn't really terrified of that movie, but that it made my list because of the you know, again, it's like the practical effects in that were like, wow, you know, but werewolves never really scared me when I was a kid, so I, I agree, I agree. I was scared. But uh but I like, like I said, I, I loved the the story and you know it was it was definitely original for sure.
2: And it had comedy
1: elements to it. Oh too. yeah, his buddy I, that was I loved, dead. You know. Yeah, I I love I love that you know, the scenes every time his buddy would come back and be more decomposed every time he came back and talked mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six, I went with Nightmare on Elm Street. Nice. That was definitely for its scare factor when I was younger. Um, Number five, I went with Friday the 13th. The, the original? That was tough. That was tough. It could have went five, six, six, five, I did either one of those. It was It was really tough, but I think, well, I saw Friday the 13th before Nightmare on Elm Street. So I don't. Oh, it came yeah, out. I mean... it
0: came out before Nightmare on Elm Street, right?
1: Yeah. So that's why i sort of bump it. And they're, like I said, they're both equally as scary. So it was tough. That one was tough for me. Um, number four, I went with Poltergeist. Good one. Good one. Yep. Love that movie. Uh, Terrified the shit out of me because I believed it was real. Saw so that one in the movie theater. Um, number three, I went with Evil Dead. Nice. Yep. That Excellent one I remember my friend Ray and this. One we were talking about video stores. <laughs> this is one I saw in VHS. My buddy Ray says, dude, he's like, I just saw this movie. And he's like, You gotta see it. It's called Evil Dead. I'm like, okay. He's like, come on over. He's like, I still have it. And, and we'll watch it. So that's I that's awesome. Yep. So I went over to his house and so my friend Ray turned me on to the Evil Death. Uh number two was Evil Dead two. Nice, nice. Um again, my same friend Ray, when that came out in the theater, dude, we were like batshit crazy. Yeah. We're like, dude, they're showing this one in the movie because we didn't see Evil Dead in, in the movie theater. Right. But this one came out in the movie theater. It was what, eighty seven ish? So we were old. Well, we weren't old enough, but we went anyway because they used to let you in movies, right? Yeah. 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 You weren't here. So him and I went to the movie theaters and saw, and we were like blown away by it. Evil Dead Two. So that's what that got edged. Well, I thought it was slightly better. Too little. Well, scary. yeah, I think
2: they had a bigger budget for that
1: one. Yeah, know? like sure. They,
2: and 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 so so it's basically a, a retelling of the first one, kinda, right? Like it, it's right. Yeah, they, they wanted. Yeah. To,
0: they wanted to make a sequel with some parts from the original, but the the distribution company that owned the original. Wouldn't give rights back to Sam Raimi to use some of the scenes.
1: Yeah. So we had so to they, scratch it.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And my number one was Creepshow. Nice. Oh, nice. I watched that movie <laughs> probably 50 times when I was a kid. It was on HBO all HBO the time. HBO a lot. Yeah. yeah. It was on HBO a lot back in the day. And, and is- just, I could rewatch it. And re- even though I knew it was going to happen, but I just mm. could like, watch it and watch mm. it. And, I loved it. That, that was, was one of my honorable of the, mentions, too. That
0: was one I of the horror it. movies that I... was one of the first movies I saw on a big screen TV at somebody's Really? House. Yeah. It was on nice. HBO. I, man, I was little. I had to be seven or eight years old. Maybe nine. And I watched... Um, I watched it on a big 60-inch television. Those oh, is that when they had,
1: like, those – it was, like, three-foot deep, those yeah, big – Yeah, like it was those a big, big projection
0: Yeah, big it was like, projection It
1: was a red bulb, a blue bulb, and a green bulb. Yep. And yep. The, yeah, the screen was, like, plastic.
0: Yeah, it was, like, a plastic flimsy thing with, like, a, a weird kind of magnification film on the back of it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep, I we watched have, that as a kid uh, and, and so many That's tells, awesome. Yeah.
1: Yep. So that's my that's my list. Excellent, excellent. That's a good 10. list.
0: Good list. Yeah.
2: All right. All right. I guess I'm next, huh? Yep. Okay. Um. So that that uh, there's a couple of similar ones on my list. I'm gonna go through it. And uh, number ten, Children of the Corn. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know.
1: That, that movie scared the crap out of me. I know. For, if, and you look and... watching now, you're like, what the. F-? Freak was I thinking I like, how one, scared and I was. that dude Malachi, I mean, oh yeah, he, he was scary he, as he shit. Lies like, behind he behind the rows. He was like so evil. I know, right? Yeah,
2: he was creepy as shit. Like that's his look. I mean, he was just a scary looking dude. Yeah, but there was a shell serious,
1: fit. Yeah, I
2: know. And you know, when I watched it, I was a kid, and like seeing kids like like you, like just killing all adults and stuff, I was I was creeped out yeah, by that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, number nine, American Werewolf in London. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we already talked about that one. and we have I, I think all these movies that we've, we're talking about here, we've probably talked about at some point. The yeah, last we have.
0: 24
2: <laughs> episodes? Is that what you said it
0: was, Sal? Uh, we're at 20. This is 28. 28? Shit, I missed yeah. a couple.
2: <laughs> Number 8, Pet Cemetery, the original. Yes.
0: Okay.
2: Not that bullshit we watched a couple of months ago that was just straight-up garbage.
1: Uh, um, that's on front now or something, too. I this think.
2: one holds a special place in my heart. Uh, me and my buddies used to watch it all the time back in the day and it's 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 pretty creepy um another Stephen King
0: yeah this uh, the original is up on hBO Max right now
2: is it really? yeah, nice number seven Hellraiser oh yeah okay it's another one of those movies that uh, like I was raised Catholic. And the the satanic, you know, kind of hell, yeah, you know, scene going on like that. Like I, I was literally like, "Holy shit!" Like, am I gonna like go to hell for watching this movie? Like yeah, that man. movie,
0: Such sights to show you.
1: Yeah, yeah dude, that, that movie, and I, I that was just I, I, I can remember it was like over my head. I just didn't get it. Yeah. I was scared shitless the first time I watched yeah, that movie. It scared the crap out of me. Yeah,
0: I had a hard time uh, watching it.
2: Yeah. Uh, number six, child's play. Uh, oh, yeah. It was really good. you know it was it was a it was a different movie. you know, it was a kid and his toy. The toy gets possessed by like this evil, creepy dude and ends up like and there were some pretty good kill scenes. yeah, oh, yeah. once you get older, and you think about the physics of it all. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but um Still you know was the good. time and I, and
1: i I recently just i don't remember if I
2: talked about this in the last uh, episode, but i I just recently watched the re- remake,
1: and I liked it.
2: I thought it was a really good reimagination. That's on
1: Amazon Prime too, right now. I it's
2: think. Well, it was it. on HBO. I think when I watched it, but I think it's on. Okay. Uh, yeah, it might be on Amazon Prime, but but I would recommend it if you got if you haven't watched it yet. It was. I, a really
0: it. I haven't. I'm afraid. It's actually
2: pretty good. Okay. I'll it's, give it it, shot. It's, it's different than the original, but but it, it works. It, it works, and they're actually talking about a sequel. So nice. um, if you haven't seen it, check it out.
1: Okay.
2: Number five: Lost Boys. Ooh. A bit yeah. more mainstream um but uh i i dug the it had, a, it had a good like you know cast in it oh yeah Um like the twist ending yeah the reveal uh, of
0: the head vampire at the end is just fantastic yeah,
2: yeah right and it had a it had a great soundtrack too yep, um yep. at my the point in my life when i watched this like it, it just it, it oh yeah the
1: echoing the bunny men doing the doors song that was good People yeah were stri- yeah that was a great one yeah yeah, or Lou Graham doing the uh, the title track, Lost Boys.
0: That's the yeah. one thing I'm, that I miss about uh, being in Pennsylvania is the Steel Stacks. Every year does the Lost Boys at their anniversary of the movie.
2: It's a, it's oh, a great really? movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Number four, Evil Dead. Okay. Um, When I saw that, too, like, it was creepy as shit. Like, the mm-hmm. stuff that, you know, the possession you know, I'm, I'm and, assuming
1: that you saw that one, too, on VHS, right, Chris?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think I don't think any of these movies because I'm a little bit younger than you guys. So yeah. like, in the '80s, I was like, you know, I, I was born in '74, so you know, in '84 I was, I was ten. Yeah, I didn't start watching horror movie. Well, well, you know, I watched like Dracula and Frankenstein and all that shit on TV, but like actual horror horror movies, yeah. um, I didn't see most of them in the theater.
1: Did you love too, when you yeah. were a kid? Like they showed, it was it was you know light stuff, but they showed horror on PBS, and I used to love. I got so excited when they showed a horror movie on PBS.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think actually the only one of these on my list that I saw in the theater was was my next one, Gremlins. Okay. And it's not like the the, the most horrific horror movie, but it, it's creative, and 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 there is some like pretty, you know, gory scenes in it uh it's funny and again you guys know me i I like i like some comedy with my horror. yeah um it's a great movie i i I liked it and and that was of the ones in this list is the only one i saw in the theater okay number two evil dead two which is kind of funny because you know both craig and i had uh, evil dead two above evil dead yeah um but again i think they had a greater uh, a bigger budget for that one and uh and it, it was you know, a little
1: scarier too, I think.
2: Yeah. And, and again, for me, there was a lot more like slapstick in it.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Definitely.
2: And my number one is Nightmare on Elm Street. This, this one was my first like actual slasher movie that, that wasn't like Frankenstein or Wolfman or, you know, it was the first one I saw that was like, like horror as I know it now, not just, you know, yep. monsters. Yeah. So that's my top 10. And again, I had about, uh, like 10 honorable mentions, but we decided not to do those. So, uh, it's, it was tough. It was tough.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right. Let me get to my top 10. Uh, again, I, I, I was young in the eighties too, right? I was born in 75. Uh, so for me, a lot of this stuff was, you know, discovering it years later on VHS. Right. Um, Which is, you know, back to the idea that the 80s was the peak for that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. My number 10, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Nice. Um, It's a good one. The first time I saw that one, first of all, I have to say, I don't like clowns. Me neither. And when I first saw this one on VHS, uh, I remember renting it because the cover looks freaking amazing. It Um, did. Even the way they wrote Killer Clowns with like that kind of 80s horror uh-huh, band uh-huh. type writing. I was like, oh shit. Um, but what a, what a fantastic movie and what a fantastic soundtrack. Uh You know, uh, the punk band, uh, what you call it, did the soundtrack in that, the, the, the Dickies. Um, did they? What was that? It, they did, they did the whole soundtrack for that? Yep. The whole thing. Cool. Um, my cats are bothering me. I hope you don't hear them freaking yowling. I thought I heard a cat earlier. I didn't uh, say anything, but uh... my daughter's at work and I gotta feed the cats. and so now they're begging me to feed them, and I'm just not. And <laughs> yeah, they don't—they don't let up. Those cats. Hell no. The, the
1: Dickies do them. the uh, banana splits uh, song. That's yeah. 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 Okay.
0: Um, then we have my number nine, the gate. Ah, uh, good oh one. boy. Okay, again, this is one I was I was fairly young watching this one VHS. Again, the cover of the VHS was the thing that lured me into buying was it creepy. or renting it. Um, and I freaking loved it. As a matter of fact, uh, the whole we probably should do a whole episode on horror movies that revolve around a band, either some demonic band or alien bands. There's so That's many movies one. like that from the 80s. Um, but the gate was just one of those movies play a rock record backwards you know everyone my my grandmother hated rock and roll and was constantly you know devil's music devil's
1: music yeah and then watching this movie made me go what the
0: fuck maybe it is
1: (laughs) i do like b B movies too yeah that might uh, be yeah Yeah. because there's a lot of those in the 80s too you know i mean like oh tons of them yeah yeah uh my
0: number eight the entity come on how how could you not love Barbara Hershey in the entity. Yeah. When I you were a I kid. That kid. One. Yeah, the entity. I, we've talked about it a ton of times and every time, every time yeah. Chris, you go, I don't think I've seen that one. I, I <laughs> guess I should see it because you guys talk about it all the time. Listen, you need to see it.
1: Oh yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> I'll write it down again. <laughs>
2: it's funny that it's called the entity with a Barbara Hershey in it. Right,
0: exactly. Well the thing is there's a whole scene in it that to me was both as a kid was confusing because it was both hypersexual and terrifying yeah. when she's yeah. being molested by a demon in her sleep. A ghost or demon. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was it, the whole, that thing was, it was good effects too. Cause you couldn't oh, see yeah. it. You know what I mean? But it's yeah, it like, the her way that they sick.
0: made like the bite marks appear on her tits and the bite it's crazy marks. Cause
2: yeah. I remember this whole conversation now from another episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically she gets raped by the devil. <laughs> And it's I'm com- watch this movie. As a kid, is confusing because you're like, "Ooh, look at titties," and then you're like, "Wait a minute, bite marks on titties." she has been raped by Satan. Yeah. <laughs> um, my number seven, Evil Dead. Nice. Uh, again, uh, to me, that was a classic horror b-, b movie. Uh, uh, they both were just the the cheap special effects. The uh, the girlfriend, you know, the way that they painted her face and stuff to make the oh kids. yeah just was
1: awesome and i like remember the stop the, animation when she's doing the ballerina dance yeah yeah
0: yep. and i remember the reason why i bought it is because I, I we used to go to this uh the uh, grocery store in carbon county called lane co and mm-hmm. we'd go into lane co and there would be those machines you put two quarters in and you get the plastic bubble with stickers in it yeah but, and one day you know i put in my 50 cents i turn the thing and pop out i get a Evil Dead sticker of, it was like no the hand, way. The hand <laughs> reaching no out of grave and grabbing. Uh, and I'm like, oh my god, what is this? What is this? And my friend's like, I think it's a movie. I think I saw it at the movie store. Get and out like, of here. And I'm like, dude, we gotta out. rent it. So we nice. went and rented it, and uh, as a matter of fact, um, that sticker when I was in a band in high school, I had that Evil Dead sticker from Lane Co. on my guitar.
2: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's an awesome story.
0: It is. Uh, my number six, Poltergeist. Ah, again, yeah. this one was on HBO over and over oh, and over again. Oh, yeah. And I just remember watching it going, is this real? Like, does this shit really happen? Is this what those ghost catchers do? They record this shit? This is I always,
1: You know what? I always wanted to live in that neighborhood, though. Oh, yeah. Like, I always just, when I was a kid, I was like, that neighborhood just looks so nice. Yeah. I want to go to California and live there. You yeah, know? especially
0: <laughs> at the beginning, you see that guy riding the bike and dropping beer. Yeah. And kids are chasing him with the remote control cars. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Looks like a lot of fun. They did that on purpose, right? Yeah. They did it because it was like a little piece of heaven, so you thought.
0: Yeah. Well, they talk about it in that documentary that we talked about before, that Chasing Darkness. Yeah. Really
2: good. Yeah, they do.
0: Um, Number four, Return of the Living Dead.
2: Uh, Hey, there was all my honorable mentions, just saying.
0: Now, the (laughs) thing about this one is when I watched this, I was in junior high school. It was on HBO, and I had the flu. I was feeling horrible. I had the shakes, I had a fever. And oh shit! Part of that watching this yeah. was fucking terrifying. <laughs> Made you just feel like you might be a, yeah. yeah. a zombie. I'm like, oh my god, what if I turn into a fucking zombie? What if I? That's why I got the chills, <laughs> especially that scene where the the boyfriend is like, I don't know, I don't feel so good. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. That's I can I see feel. that, man. It just scared the shit out of me.
2: Oh, man, yeah, because you you see them getting kind of more sick and sick as the movie goes on.
1: Yeah, after they breathe in that Yeah, see, that was one movie where they did a nice job turning into zombies. They didn't, like, turn into a zombie instantly. They actually suffered a little bit, you know what I mean? Well,
0: because they were the ones ones that didn't get bit or anything. They they breathed in the gas. yeah. Uh, and and then like yeah that, that that part just being sick I think really made a mental impact on me and I tell my kids about it all the time it's like I had the flu and I watched this movie and it was the worst idea I ever had and it gave me nightmares for months.
2: Well, it was a great movie like I, that's oh, one yeah, of those ones like when I, when I I'll go back to that one a lot and, and rewatch it.
0: My number three Hellraiser. Ah again this was a VHS rental. Uh, the cover looked awesome because it had pinhead on the cover. I'm like, dude. Hold the box. Yeah. I'm like, if that guy is the villain in this movie, it's gonna <laughs> be freaking awesome. Uh, yeah, and so boy, buff. did it did it ever, like, impress the shit out of me. I was like, that was like one of the best rentals I ever made in the 80s. <laughs> so
2: scared. I was so scared by that movie. And he was actually, they interviewed him quite a bit in that In Search yeah. of Darkness movie. Yeah. He was in there quite a bit, that dude. Yeah.
0: He t- and he talked a lot about the developing of the character and all that shit. It's just, it's just awesome. Yeah. Uh, my number two, An American Werewolf in London. Mm, another I, good one. I remember, I remember the house I lived in watching this movie for the first time. Again, VHS rental. Um, it was at my dad's house. And I remember watching the special effects and going, holy shit, Like this dude is turning into a werewolf. How the hell did they do that? legendary rick baker effects that are well known because often in in werewolf movies prior to that they kind of turned away from the camera yeah yeah or they did like a you know if you're looking at the classic monsters from universal it's like a slow fade in from one makeup level to the next this one animated the actual transition which was just mind-blowing it uh, gave, gave to me a real a realism to it.
2: Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome.
0: <clears throat> and, and it made me think, oh, shit. So transforming into a werewolf is a painful experience. It's not like Lon Chaney standing still and turning right, into a werewolf. Right. This is like fucking pain because your body is changing. Uh, and, the, and, and followed up upon with really, you know, movies like The Howling and whatnot. Uh, and my number one, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Nice. Again, VHS rental. I was in eighth grade. It was summertime. It was my cousin's house down the street, She lived three houses down from me in Weissport, Pennsylvania. Uh, me and six other kids, we all got together. We closed all the blinds in the house. Her mom said, Yeah, you can have friends over. We had soda and popcorn and chips and pretzels. And we closed all the blinds to make it really dark in the house. And then we proceeded to watch that and be fucking terrified. <laughs> It was scary. I remember, man. like when the movie was over, I couldn't wait to open the fucking windows and get outside into light. <laughs>
2: it was yeah. Terrifying. Freddy was scary as shit. That movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. And There you go. That is uh, all of our top ten 1980s horror movies. Plenty of overlap, thanks to whoever of suggested that one. Yeah. Again, I, I we didn't get any emails this week, this month, but I want to suggest again to our listeners, if you're interested in proposing a top ten list or a movie we should check out or review, please contact us at feedback at the-american-nightmare.com. Or you could go to our website, the-american-nightmare.com, and click on the feedback link uh, in order to give us uh, some feedback email. Uh, You can tell us we suck. You can tell us the show sucks. You can tell us the show's good. You can give us some some top ten lists. You can tell us your favorite horror movies. Um, join our discussion on Facebook. We have a Facebook, uh, American Nightmare. You do a search for that. You can join our group there. Talk to us about your favorite horror movies and give us some suggestions. We, we actually to had
2: two, two new members sign up in the last month yes. to, the, to the Facebook page.
0: Yeah. Awesome. That's good.
2: Also, just throwing this out there, if you want to send the uh, message to me telepathically, I do uh, possess The Shining, so, uh, you know... <laughs> Very good. Just saying.
0: Okay, so now we move on to the feature. We're gonna Speaking of The Shrining. The movie, Doctor Sleep. 2019 release. Uh, did fairly well in the theaters.
2: It did. It did do really well. I, like, I didn't pay much attention to it because yep. um, I didn't know anything about the movie other than I've I seen The Shining before, but it did pretty good in the theater.
0: It's got an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a pretty good rating for viewers. Yeah. Uh, Critics aren't quite so kind to it. Uh, They're up in the 70s, but yet, you know, 89 is pretty good for viewers.
2: And for critics, 70's not bad. I mean, you know, horror movies often don't do well with the critics, so...
0: Yeah. All right. Let's get into discussing Dr. Sleep. Now, this was recommended by me, uh, mostly because it was finally on HBO Max this month. Um, And I'm such a big fan of The Shining book and the Dr. Sleep book. Um, Dr. Sleep um, is the continuation of the story from The Shining. Uh, The book, Dr. Sleep, is a continuation of the book version of The Shining. One of the great things that I'm very, very happy about with this movie is they melded those worlds together. They decided, let's do the story from the book, but let's adapt it for the screen in such a way... That it wraps up the story of the movie *Shining*,
1: and it sure did.
0: And that was phenomenal.
2: Yeah, I yeah I liked it. I, I didn't know anything. I didn't even know there was a book called *Doctor Sleep*. I just thought it was a you know another movie based off the original. So,
0: nope, this is uh, based. I on had no the expectations. Book. Yeah, the book was very different. The book was a lot longer. There was a lot more character stuff in there. There was a bunch of crap that they cut out necessarily because it it would have cost. Way too much in terms of time to, to do, to delve deeper into, uh, Rose the Hat, who is the main mm. character. So the main. I think they should have called her Rose the Hot. <laughs> she was pretty fucking hot. But that's the oh. thing <laughs> in the story they describe <laughs> her as the most beautiful woman you've ever seen, and I think she was they really pulled that off pretty well. She was very beautiful, very well built woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I will say this, you know, when you when you read a book and what you imagine based on yeah. the writer's details, I imagined her with a large top hat, more like a real magician's hat. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Instead of like she had that kind of like the four non blondes, Nick. uh, yeah. Stevie Nicks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It was more of like a uh, the hipster type. Yeah. 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 But that rose the hat that was her name in the book. Uh, and I believe they. I think they mentioned it. Her name was Rose. They did. But they I don't did. Know if I think they once. called her the Hat. Maybe once they may have.
2: I think so. Yeah, when she introduced herself to that uh, that girl, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Called me, just called me the Hat.
0: Right, right. So, so that character uh, in the book they had way more development of, and there was a couple other things too, like the group of of um, uh, of the whatever they're called. Uh, yeah, they're called <sighs> shit.
2: Uh, I was kind of envisioning them as energy vampires, not knowing not knowing anything about the book, and and having watched uh, what we do in the shadows, I'm like, oh, these are great. these are like energy vampires. They they eat the shining kind of yeah yeah, and that's exactly they eat what other they do. people's psychic abilities yeah
0: yeah. They are more or less vampires, I guess you could say yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I, I, the thing is, like, I, I'm getting old and I'm, and I'm starting to lose my memory, so I'm having a total. Brain fart of what the name of the group was, Uh and I don't know why did
2: they say it in the movie. Yeah, or is several, it several the, times they did. Oh, they did they
0: in the chant that they do before they kill the kid? Yeah, I don't remember that either. Oh, uh, the true knot. There you go. The true. Okay, not. gotcha. We are the true knot, and that which has been. What, what did they say? It was like that which has been bound cannot be unbound. It's, they do like this ritual when they kill somebody, and they and they say these words so that. That's, that's what I think was like that which has been bound cannot be unbound. or Yeah, something like that. Uh, but the name of the group is called The True Knot. Gotcha. Um, so let's uh, spoiler warnings because we want to talk kind of in depth about part of The Shining and part of this. Uh, so how the movie kind of starts out. So the movie starts out kind of really picking up leaving the Overlook Hotel from The Shining. Mm-hmm. Now, in The Shining, the book, which I don't know if you've ever seen the ABC miniseries of The Shining. I did. It was good. Right. But that was Stephen King's true adaptation of the book. And right. if you recall, at the end of that miniseries, also in the book, the Overlook Hotel was burnt down at the end. The, the father, mm-hmm. right, Jack, goes into the boiler room and sets all the boilers to maximum and allows mm-hmm. them to blow and take out the entire hotel. That was in The Shining book and in the miniseries. And of course, in Stanley Kubrick's uh, bastardized version of The Shining, the Jack yeah, is, Jack has no redemption. It's the it's the worst thing that I think Kubrick has done to the character. He's not they he makes him a non-redeemable character, right? Oh yeah, he but, died a scumbucket. Yeah, right. He He's dies just... a scumbucket frozen in the maze just yeah. a total piece of shit throughout the yeah, whole Yeah, because he's movie. trying to
1: kill his son. That's how he died. You exactly. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. yeah.
0: Now, in the book, and also in that miniseries, he redeems himself at the end. He apologizes to his children and kids, he, his kid, and and realizes that he was being possessed by the by the hotel. Right. And he took out the hotel and saved the life of both uh, the kid, the mom, and uh, the kids, the, the, the character... Um,
2: yeah, whoever he was. The
0: Scatman Crothers, you know. The, the, right, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That character, he, they killed him in the movie, but in the book, he he's alive.
1: But even in the Dr. Sleep movie, Jack wasn't really a good guy either because, remember, his ghost was at the bar trying to make well, him that's drink. The thing, they,
0: they, that's the thing. That's the thing that kind of pisses me off, too, because in, in the Dr. Sleep book, he plays another redeeming role, redeeming okay. himself, and I was a little <laughs> yeah. upset that, again, they had the opportunity to redeem Jack, and yeah. they didn't. They and didn't. they did
2: because again, at the end it's just the spoiler. Yeah, but there, like you said, they're trying to blend they're trying to blend the book and the movie together. So but you even can't so.
0: They could have redeemed him in death, right? I mean, he may be yeah, a piece of true. shit and died true. at the hotel, but they could have redeemed him. They could have showed, hey, look, he's a redeemable character. He's not completely piece of shit.
2: That's a good point. Yeah. Uh but and I was
0: very upset that they didn't choose to redeem him because I was mad about the movie. And then when I got here, I'm like, shit, maybe they'll actually redeem him like they did in the book. But no they, no, they didn't. They, they cut out the whole scene that he appeared in, in the book. They just put in the 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 the, the scene in the in the uh, bar, which doesn't even exist in the book because in the book the hotel is destroyed. When they when they reach the hotel, it's partially burnt and collapsed. Um, which in this case, the hotel was still standing. So it was a, the the point I'm trying to make is they did a great kind of melding together. To bring one cohesive closure mm-hmm. to both what is in the book, closing out the Shining book, and what is brought to the screen to close out what happened in the Shining movie,
2: which sounds like it would be a difficult task. Considering, like again, I, I, I didn't read the book, but you said that, like, yeah, totally you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can't yeah. do. But they, they said it seemed pretty like cohesive to me. I thought, well, and
0: it comes down to Mike Flanagan. Really, Mike Flanagan, he has shown himself number one. <laughs> In the most phenomenal Netflix series of all time, uh, uh, "The Haunting of Hill House," right? Mike Flanagan wrote and directed that, and then he he took on this story and he did a fantastic job.
1: Yeah, I liked it. Uh, in when's fact, that, when's that coming out the, the the haunting of Hill House. One no idea
0: that that was like they were advertising it on Netflix a few months back, and now yeah, what COVID the hell? 19, It got dropped. It's who It's lost in the black hole. Yeah. Because that's, like,
2: over, like, a year and a yeah. half ago. We're putting on yeah. two years for that, right? For yeah. the for the first one?
0: Yep. And and the thing is, the second one, at first, we were like, oh, it's going to be about the, the other ghosts in the house. But then later they said, no, 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 we're doing a whole new story about a whole different thing. It's like a, a new anthology or whatever. E- either way, I'm sure it'll be fine if Mike Flanagan's involved in it. Because, again, like I said, Mike Flanagan... Number one, did a fantastic job on the Honey Hill House, and then he just totally outdid himself with uh, his part of writing the screenplay. I mean, Mike Flanagan directed and wrote the screenplay for Dr. Sleep. Uh, in fact, he consulted with Stephen King on a couple of the aspects of how he wanted to merge the two stories, you know, the two versions of The Shining. And as far as I'm concerned, Mike Flanagan did a superior job. Like, this is just a, another feather in his cap to show... When it comes to horror, Flanagan's got his shit nailed down.
2: Yeah, I really, I th- I, I liked it.
0: Um, Ewan McGregan McGregor did a fantastic job as a grown-up Danny Torrance. Uh, I thought his character I thought so. was awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very well played. He's a he's a great know, actor. Yeah, he's a great actor, and having him in this part was just phenomenal. Uh, and 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 his personality as that character just. Some of the things that he did were just, it was just great. It, his ability to portray the struggle of what he had to deal with with The Shining as a child, with his ability that is called The Shining, and how he deals with it in the future. And then you you see the trauma he went through, and then how he talks to Abra, uh, the young lady who... who oh, I was, thought she was great, too. She was fantastic, too. Yeah, but And, and the way that he tried to tell her, you know take take that shining and hide it tuck it away don't let people know about it more people will come for you more people will think you're weird just tuck it away uh, and then at the end how he redeems himself and says you know what don't don't take yeah. it away just shine on be who you are you crazy know. diamond yeah and, and that was just freaking awesome
2: um yeah she uh she she was great like like my only thing was like i, I they kind of switched from her to being a little girl to like a teenager like Real quick.
0: Well, that's the thing. Is again in the book, in during that time space, they do a bunch of character development for the the, the true knot and the team. Uh-huh. Of the true knot in the book, the the true knot was a much larger group of people, a huge group of okay. people. Okay. And and I'll tell you from the book. I don't know if you're interested in reading or not, but here's a spoiler. The the team somebody gets the measles. Oh. And it wipes out half of the true knot. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, hmm. They, uh, the True Knot, they really do, in the book, Stephen King, of course, you know, he's Diary of the Mouth when it comes to writing, or Diary of the Pen. Uh, right, right. He, he wrote so much into character development for the True Knot. Uh, that was pretty amazing, including backstories for uh, The Crow, uh, which is kind of uh, Rose the hat's right-hand man.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that that was my big thing. Like, like,
2: like, I was like, "Where? Wait a minute! Did I miss a part where she went from being like a little girl to like a teenager?" Like, yeah, uh,
0: they just go eight years later.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and I must have turned my head for a second for that part because I was like, "Wait a minute! Did I, yeah. where, when did she become a teenager?" Yeah, but she was great.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the great things in the story again, more spoilers. Uh, I think we already gave a spoiler warning, but one of the great things that I loved is the way that they portray the fact that well, we knew we knew from The Shining, right? Danny Torrance was a powerful psychic. Right. To the point that but, when he called out and the, the character played by Scatman Crothers, uh, the heard him, was like, You nearly killed me with, with your scream, you know, when you reached out to me. Right. Um, and that is, you know, a shine like never shined before. And that's why this, the, that, the Overlook Hotel wanted Danny so badly.
2: Yeah, but then he got, they, they got a taste of something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the great thing is how they start off the story with he's struggling as an alcoholic, right? He's struggling Mm -hmm. as an alcoholic because what is he doing? He's got all the voices in his head from his psychic abilities and he's He's trying to numb them. Yeah. He's been taught all his life that he's got to hide that. He's got to keep away from it because of all the terrible things that he was exposed to because of having the shining, because of being taken to the Overlook Hotel that was hungry for what he had. Mm -hmm. Uh, He hid it as much as he could. And they they cut to him as as they leave and the summer comes and they move to Florida, him and his mother. They cut to the, in the story of the, in the movie, when they cut to, um, you know, Danny's helper coming to him and saying, look, I I know that you're haunted by these things, but this is what you got to do. Here's a, here's this little case that my grandmother gave me. Smell it, see it, feel it. And I'm going to teach you how to deal with this. And they didn't, Mm -hmm. they didn't go through in the, like in the book, how he, how he actually captures them. But right. they lead to the fact that, okay, now he can confront these demons and he can contain them. And right, the those way boxes. They, Right, the way they show that is when he's at home with his mother watching cartoons, he goes to the bathroom and, and you see the, the naked dead lady in the bathtub from the overlook and he goes in there and he shuts the door and then you hear her scream instead of him. Yeah. Uh, and then That's he, comes, pretty cool. he comes back to his chair and he's like, yep, I took care of everything, Mom. Everything's good. Um, that, that was pretty awesome to show that, you know, now he's got some control over it. Uh, but they show when he gets older, he's still fighting off those voices in his head and that suffering. And the one thing that they show, the terrible situation where he's so much like his father, right? He's drunk out of his mind. He's high on coke. He takes this girl home. He wakes up with her in the morning. She's like passed out in the bed next to him, covered in puke. Mm, he opens yeah. his wallet and he's like, oh shit, she took my fucking <laughs> money probably to buy that coke. So he goes and he takes money out of her wallet and sticks it in his wallet. And then it's a little kid with a full piss load diaper walks out of the bathroom, uh, bedroom, going, mom. And he just picks him up and sticks him in the bed with the mom. And later they (laughs) cut to him waking up in the middle of the night with that woman's ghost next to him and the baby. And that she says to him, they still haven't found us. And then you realize, oh, fuck. Yeah. She was dead, probably from an OD. Over-
1: overdosed, yeah. They left
0: the kid there with her, and now the kid is fucking dead. Yeah. And then that's where he's like, fuck, I've got to gotta sober up. Like, I'm fucking, I'm not just fucking my life up, I'm fucking other people, too. That was, that part was pretty shocking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the fact that they even, like, I don't know, in a lot of horror movies, they don't show, show a lot of dead kids. Right, but this kid with the flies in his eyeballs and he's like his half rotten <laughs> face. I was like, "Fuck, yeah, shit." And he's like, "Mommy." <laughs>
2: Sorry, didn't mean to laugh there. <laughs> uh,
0: but then you know, D- D- Danny gets on the right track. He goes to rehab. He goes to AA. He meets some people. He starts working at a hospice, right? And at yeah. the hospice, there's people dying. Of course, a hospice he comforts them. Yeah, and he, since he can see what's going on and he, and he has this connection to, dead, to the dead and to the spirits, he comforts people and helps them kind of ease into death. And he, and he falls into a comfort zone there, right? hmm And it's at that point where, um, shortly before that, right, is where Abra, they introduce you to Abra, a young lady who has the Shining also. And they introduce it in like a birthday party and the, the parents witnessing it and like, oh, for shit, our kids are fucking freak. What the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Which I imagine most parents would react that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when they when they introduce her, she apparently reaches out to him. And I don't remember what was it that initiated her initial
1: hello to him.
0: I don't mm. remember. I remember he was in that. At the
1: chalkboard said hello. I thought, right? Yeah, when, but she—like, I, I, really like, I think she's—I think
2: she like she sensed him, like hearing her. Oh, all right. I think because that's what ended up happening, like with uh, with Rose the Hat and her. Like she sensed, like she was kind of, she was kind of peering in well, on. No, but
0: the thing is, like she—this was when <sighs> she was young. Like this is before she was before she saw the vision of the boy getting killed. Right, She was like a kid and she said hello to him. And then, forget, they, then yeah. they cut to eight years later and that's when she has the, the vision of the boy that gets kidnapped and gets killed. Yeah. And she's witnessing that happening because she senses his struggle mm-hmm. and she projects herself into that scene and sees what happens and then screams in such a horrific way that, that it sends that psychic shock to him where his blackboard just cracks with the words red rum when he looks in the mirror and he turns around and says murder. Um, it woke him up out of bed. Remember like he fell out of the bed after the wall kind of just cracked open and he, and then he writes on the blackboard who, and then she says baseball boy or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there was a couple of
2: instances where it didn't, it wasn't as smooth as, you know,
0: yeah. Well, and then she like fakes going to school the next day and she gets on a bus and finds him. And he says, how did you find me? And she's like, uh, kind of like <laughs> GPS, like I could sense where you're at. She goes, it was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, but that's when he says, listen, if someone out there is doing this stuff, right. then you need to be quiet. You need to settle down because they're going to come for you. They, they can see you. They know you're here and they're going to come for you. So you have to be careful. And your best bet is just to shut up and walk away and forget about it. And that's when she's like, well, I can't, I can't do that. It killed this boy. Um, but at that point, that's when she goes back home. He kind of blows her off. And then that's when Rose realized that, hey, somebody saw us do this. Somebody projected here. Like at the scene where they were killing the boy, She sensed the presence of Abra, and she was, like, looking around. Um, And then my favorite part of the movie, or second favorite part of the movie, is where she is in the grocery store shopping. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, Rose the Hat is shopping at the grocery store, and Abra tries to discover where Rose the Hat is by projecting to her. Mm -hmm. And that's where Rose realizes this girl is projecting on her. And she reaches behind the back of her head at the looking into the refrigerator section of the grocery store, and you see her hand come out behind abra's head and tap her on the back of the head and that's when abra fucking screams <laughs> uh to get out of my head, and that girl like the Rose the Hat like, flies across flies the across aisle. Flies across the store. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Shit gets expl- the glass gets exploded. Ice cream containers fall out of the freezer. She gets blown across the store. Her nose is bleeding. She's like, what the f- what the hell just happened?
2: I've never tasted anything like that before. Yeah,
0: and then she's all excited, and she goes back yeah. to the rest of the True Knot and says, says to the crow, oh, my God. She's like pacing back and forth. Oh, my God, this girl. She's so powerful. So much energy. I, I, she blew me across the store. Yeah, we got to have her.
2: <laughs> yeah, which was kind of creepy, you know. Like, it, like it was like, oh Jesus, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: And then the crow's like, "Well, should we be turning her into us?" Is you no way? Someone that powerful, you gotta, you no gotta eat
2: way. that shit. Yeah,
0: we're gonna fill canisters of her shining.
2: Yeah, because they were running low too, which is one of the, the the points of it. Like they were their their supply of uh, of juice or whatever they
0: you know steam. called it. The, it the steam. Yeah, was was running low. Yeah, so they were struggling. And, and to the That's where that old dude died. Right, and to the point where the old dude died. And it turns out the old dude was like thousands of years old. He's been around <laughs> yeah. forever.
1: I liked how they made him uh, sort of go yeah, away. Yeah, disappear. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of cool.
0: Yeah, like it, how his kind of uh, skeleton and shit was kind of... Yeah, it looked, like, it looked
1: like it was painful, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: uh but but they finally get to the point where you know they're gonna seek her out and then she's like no we gotta find a way to defend herself from them the best thing is you know she tries to find where is where is Abra so she tries to project where Abra is and Abra sets up a trap which is freaking brilliant yeah
2: that was Um, great
0: and then while she's trapped Abra gets into her head and starts digging through her brain and thoughts and memories and she's freaking out because how the hell is this little kid able to do this shit to me? Like, I'm the most powerful of the Shining. Right. It, it was just phenomenal. And then especially the way she was, like, stuck to the floor. She couldn't get up. And yeah. then when she jumped. Abra just blew her out the window. She flew through the air, like, tumbling all the way back to her camp. Uh, and that's where she, like, hit, she hit her body. Her astral projection hit her body so hard it just flew off the roof of the camper. And that's why
2: she couldn't go with him on that mission then, too. Like, she couldn't go because she she could find her easily.
0: Right, and they, they really couldn't project any of the others. However, they didn't know that uh, they were going to come and look for the glove because the little girl, Abra, says, hey, if we can get the glove, we find the body of the boy, the baseball boy. Mm-hmm. Someone else in the team was touching that glove. So if we can get that glove, then I can link on to him and find out where he's at. Since Rose knows about me and I know about Rose, Rose is going to block me from being able to see her. If we can get that glove, then we can get the other guy. And that's when Danny has to convince a normal ser- sober person that, hey, I got psychic <laughs> abilities, blah, blah, blah. Please trust me. Come with me across the country to Colorado <laughs> to, find, uh, to find a possibly uh, little boy's dead body. And I, I, the, the funniest scene was on the way there. He's like, I don't, I don't know what's worse, like, you know, showing up there and finding a dead body or showing up there and finding nothing, uh, in which case my friend is completely crazy. I don't know which one is worse. <laughs> uh, but they do get there. They find the body. They get the glove. They take it back to Abra. Abra is able to feel the glove and know where they're at and know that they're on the way. They're already on the way to come get her. So they set up the plan to combat them. That, that goes kind of off wire. Another great scene in the movie was the scene of the uh, uh, when they have her drugged, right? After they killed all of the True Knot, all that's left is the crow. The crow was smart. He played a backdoor situation. Yeah. He went back to Abra's house, killed her father, took Abra. So Abra is drugged. He drugs her so she can't use the shining, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking he's driving that, her back. Yeah, thinking that he's drugged her enough. And he gave her a whole lot. But yeah. he, he just didn't know how powerful she was. Like Rose the Hat knew how powerful she was. So it wasn't enough drugs. He was She was able to reach out and get a hold of Danny. And Danny projected himself into her body, which was a fantastic Yeah, that's crazy. It was just amazing how he's like, oh, I feel kind of drunk. It's been a long time since I'm drunk. He's like, oh. Who am I talking to now? And it's like, Oh, I'm Dan Torrance. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah. A lot of arrogance. Arrogance is really a bad thing. It makes you do dumb stuff like not wear a seatbelt. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are you doing? And he just takes his mental power and steers the fucking truck into a tree, tree. And the crow was flying out the fucking window. It was amazing. It was, I was like jumping up and down. Yes, yes. Get that fucker.
2: And the hat senses that, right?
0: Yeah, the hat realizes, oh, my God, my entire team is gone. <laughs> I'm the last one here. Um, and she projects herself to where Abra is. And is like, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think that you can do this? Uh, that was so good. And then when she gets, when Danny comes to get her and says, you know what? We're, we're going to go to a place that's very dangerous for yeah. people like you and me.
2: Set up the final showdown.
0: Yep. We're going to go somewhere very dangerous for people like you and me. And she's like, well, why? He says, well, if it's dangerous for people like you and me. It's dangerous for her. Uh, So he's got a great idea. Uh Now, the difference uh in the book and whatnot is in the book, she she never went to the Overlook. She projected to it. Uh, oh, okay. And Rose did come to the Overlook. Now, the great scenes in there, I loved how... There was a great documentary uh, It was about 30 minutes long about the making of this movie with Mike Flanagan and Mm. Mike Flanagan showed some back scenes. He recreated huge portions of that hotel in a set. Oh, wow. And it looked phenomenal. He gave a walk around of like the main foyer and everything. Just freaking awesome. Freaking awesome that they recreated the set of the show.
2: It looked it looked a lot. It looked a lot like the original. Like I, I had a hard time just. Saying, hey, yeah. this is, I was like, wow, this looks exactly like the original from what now, I can remember.
0: Oddly enough, in the trailer, the first trailer for Dr. Sleep, they showed the original blood coming out of the elevator scene. Uh huh. And the reason why they did that, according to Mike Flanagan, is they did not have their digital rendering of it done yet. So they just spliced in the Stanley Kubrick scene. Now, he said they wanted to have that scene in the book. They wanted, Ro- I mean, in the book, Rose witnesses that scene. So they had to recreate that scene, but they couldn't reuse the original footage. They kind of wanted to, but they realized the original footage was shot from a camera about five feet off the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this, uh, I'm sorry, at the original scene, they shot it from floor level. So the original Kubrick shooting, the camera was sitting on the ground, about an inch off the ground, to film the blood scene, and in this case, because remember, what that scene was from Danny's visions when he was a mm-hmm. child in yeah. the original movie. In this one, Rose the Hat has to see it, and she's not that little. <laughs> so he yeah, had to re- digitally true. recreate the scene from five and a half feet height, so it could look like mm. it was coming from the, what Rose the Hat was seeing in a vision. Mm. So they had to re they rendered the entire scene frame from frame digital to follow the same exact footage that Kubrick did. So the, the flow of the blood, cool. the movement of the, the furniture, all that stuff was exactly from Kubrick, but recreated in a digital scene with a camera angle up at five and a half feet. Really awesome. Like I said, Flanagan just did a great job and they wrap it up by tying the story from the book to the hotel in this case, the great thing that they did that Mike Flanagan had to write on his own because it did not exist in the book was the stair scene with the axe where... But that was like Wendy
1: and, and Jack Yes, Yeah, it was like
0: reenacting the whole Wendy and Jack scene and yep. this time it I is, caught on to
1: that I was like, dude, this yep. is just like Wendy and Jack. Yep,
0: and it's Rose the Hat with Danny and Danny takes the axe and hits her with it and she grabs it and bam, right into his femoral artery. Oof. Ooh, and he's on the fucking ground, about ready to die, right? And then she's, Mm -hmm. like, trying to suck the steam out of him, and she's like, wait a minute. There's so much in there. It tastes like old alcohol. It tastes like old whiskey. And then she's like, there's more in there. And then you see the flash of all the boxes of the people that he's, of the ghosts that he captured from the uh, Overlook Hotel. And she's, what is in these boxes? And he just, like, opens every one of them. And then you see all those fucking ghosts appear and just take her down, and they're like slipping their fingers under her skin, and it' just it was the most graphic scene ever, just killing her right there and then of course, they turn on Danny because you know the house mm-hmm. they wanted Danny they've always wanted Danny and immediately possessed him as they did his father, so that he could hunt down Abra, so he had those similar effects where he is limping along just like his father
2: yeah that was crazy
0: yeah with the axe in his hand mm-hmm. just like his father packs the down kid. the door yep and then that's where she talks to him and kind of gets the the house out of there to realize hey uh you know danny did the right thing when he came in here uh he was in the boiler room and then the spirit of the hotel is like what wait what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was such a great scene such a great scene and it really makes me sad that he killed him at the end. Uh, yeah. That was sad. But um, it was good because it, made, it redeemed him as a character, right? All the things that he did wrong in his life, mm. the, the people that he let go that died, the people that he ignored, and the way he suppressed all of his problems by creating more problems for himself. In the end, he redeemed himself by eliminating the Overlook Hotel and saving Abra from Rose the Hat by more or less sacrificing himself. And
2: yeah, so at least he was redeemed, even though Jack didn't get redeemed. No. At least Danny did.
0: Yeah. It was a great movie. And I'll say this much. I liked it. I was so thrilled about how well done it was. I watched it twice.
2: I really enjoyed it a lot. Like I didn't have any expectations going into it. And again, I didn't even know there was a book, But I, but I liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was a bit long, like, when I, when I saw how long it was, I was like, Jesus, this is a long-ass movie. Yeah. But I watched it, and, and I got hooked. And, it didn't and, and feel long. It, no, it didn't. No. no. Towards the end, I was like, oh, shit, it's almost over already.
0: In the beginning, it was kind of slow-paced, uh, but I, I think it, it, it picked up, and it went very well. Uh, I did not realize how long it was. And like I said, I watched it twice. And it really is, you know, it is a story of exactly what you're saying, psychic vampires. You know, they're vampires that live off psychic energy from other people. And it's funny right. how they mentioned a couple times in the film, now the number of people that have psychic abilities are starting to diminish. And they were running low on, on being able to feed on what they called the steam uh, from these people with psychic abilities. And I got to imagine, you know, especially after reading the book, the number of people in this True not cult, Mm-hmm. Like, they probably eliminate. It's like, you know, eliminated the possibility of psychic babies because they were finding all of them to kill them. Junkies. Yeah, junkies, exactly. Addicted to uh, living forever as psychic vampires. Uh, but I'll tell you, great movie. Well done. Even the scenes that they had to refilm with new actors <laughs> and actresses to kind of cut into what happened in room 237, you know, what happened at the hotel, what happened after the hotel. The girl that played Wendy, not that bad. It was a pretty no, good No, I didn't think so. Uh, even the kid that played little Danny, probably a little more expressive than the original Danny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was very good. It was very good. Uh, the way they overlapped uh, the novels, you know, closed up the novel of The Shining and closed up the movie of The Shining. Like I said, I really think that Mike Flanagan did a great job, and I'm looking forward to the, his next uh, horror venture uh, because uh, I'm a big fan now. So, in terms of rating this movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my personal view four out of five stars.
2: That's what I would give it, too. I would give it a four.
1: It's going to go three and a half. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll go four. That's a four. What are you?
0: What are, your, uh, what are your? Uh, what are your? What do you think were the shortcomings? Do you guys feel there were any shortcomings in
1: the story in the movie? I, or, again, know? I thought it lacked the horror. I mean, it was there wasn't. I mean, the lady in the shower, you know, she was always scary when I was a kid from the original movie. Yeah, yeah. Um But I, I just it was more like I think Rose the Hat helped helped it pull away from horror because, like I said, she was good looking and yeah, you know, I, it just lacked some horror elements for me. I'm going to uh, say nothing really, nothing really scary about the movie. That's why I sort of dropped it down on a three and a half. The story was awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was a really good story. I loved how it explained, you know, when I was a kid watching the, the first movie, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it and then sort of explain. Oh, well, that's why he, you know, in the kitchen in Florida, he drops everything he's doing and he goes up to, because Danny's talking. To him. Like, you didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't. You know, and they just they they just explain everything in depth, and I, I loved how they did that. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, it makes total sense now. You yeah,
0: know. Yeah. And, and but, the one thing I will say is, you know, it did lack a lot of the horror. Like in in the book, it's very full of horror, but the yeah. one scene that really got me was killing that kid, that baseball kid. I mean, that, uh, yeah. That was yeah. Over the top, dude. That that scene was over the top. Like he was screaming. <laughs> Please don't kill me. Let me go. Let me go. Yeah. And they were killing him, man. It was fucking bad. And you think of it this way like when she said what did, what did Rosa Hat say something like uh the pain and the fear make the steam taste better. Yeah, yeah, it tastes better. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck, man." And that's why they like torture people as they kill them cuz they're trying yeah. to maximize yeah. the flavorfulness of the steam. <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. ugh that part was horrific.
2: Yeah, I, I got more of like a, I mean like I it was like a psychological horror. Yeah. You know, yeah. there there was some a little bit of blood and guts ish, you know, but for me it was like a psychological horror and and creepy. Yeah. And and that's why I, I I didn't see I didn't think it lacked horror elements well, quite so much.
0: But you know, the other thing that really got me is when they're digging up the boy, right? The story yeah. that the so. that the buddy says. Yeah. And that really touches a nerve because everybody can identify that smell of roadkill, the smell mm-hmm. of a carcass. And it yeah. really, when I, I remember reading the book and just thinking, oh my God, I'm going to fucking puke because here they are digging up a dead kid and they're describing yeah. a dead deer. And I know the smell and it's like, oh yeah,
2: that's uh, terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Rotting, rotting flesh is, oh, is a horrible, horrible smell,
0: horrible smell. And just the way that they, they describe it in the book. And even, they did a great job in the screenplay. Like his description of, and and the way they draw out the story like I'm hunting down this deer, I know I nicked it, and then 3 days later I find it leaning up against the tree stand dead and like, "Oh, jeez." Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Awesome. Okay, so yeah, we'll give it a solid 4.
0: All right. 4 stars it is. All right, awesome. 4 to 5 stars. So, my thing is if you didn't see it, you should see it. Um hopefully you saw it since we've been talking about it. Uh, and if you have seen it, tell us what you think about it. You can send us an email, go on Facebook, hit us up uh, on our website, uh, tell us what you thought of it. Um, then that's it for this episode. Uh, we will be back next month. Probably We'll probably record in three weeks because, uh, you know, things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things. All right. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.